you have your Bibles and want to turn to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, we are finishing this really important section of Scripture today. And so we're in chapter 7 of Matthew in the very last paragraph. And this has been and is and remains a central piece of what it means to understand God's Word is this sermon. The law of God given to Moses, right, for a thousand plus years governed exactly what the relational, the relationship that people had with God. And here Jesus goes up on the Sermon on the Mount and he interprets for us the law of God. Better than Moses because he's directly God. Amazing. Now, 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 even in when the law of God was given, and this amazing God who appeared on the mountain way back, Mount Sinai, and glowing face of Moses, and the thunder and the lightning, uh, over time, it seemed to get less central, right? If you read the book of Kings, they find the law of God back in the back corner. No one's been reading it at all. And it can seem like that for you and me. Things get so routine, you know. And here comes Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And he makes this law, this relationship, even more than it was. God speaks directly, his spotlight on the relationship we have with God. And this is the end of it. You know, we've spent three months on a sermon that takes, really, if you just read it out loud, 15 minutes. There's a problem with that. As we've taken little paragraphs at a time, right? Because we want to get into each piece and it's Jesus speaking and, and absolutely critical information for you to have from the Bible. Is sometimes you take little pieces and you forget that it's one sermon. It's not little tiny pieces that you pick out. You can't just tell the story one paragraph at a time because you lose the strength, the power, the wonder of this incredible sermon. R rhythm becomes routine. And sometimes you even lose the meaning. So, so we're covering the last paragraph today. But my heart is, is that you would be able, three months from now, the rest of your life, to be able to say, yeah, I know what the Sermon on the Mount is about. It's crucial to how I see my relationship with God. It's incredible. So I was tempted, and someone even told me, why don't you just read it? Take 15 minutes, just read the whole thing. Yeah, our trouble is... We carry thimbles, and, and we, we have such, and we've gotten worse over time, right? Now we watch TikTok videos, and they last for 35 seconds, and they're too long. Shorter and shorter and shorter, and just still. God knows that. You know, the law, if you read the, the, the law, it takes a long time to read. And now we're down, Jesus gives a 15-minute sermon. He knows. And even this boiled down to what is the meaning today. So this last paragraph Jesus wants to make sure you get it. And so he doesn't go, we've built this tower, we go to the top. He goes to the bottom, to the foundation, to the base. I just want to read the verses we're covering. Here they are. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain fell and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Oh. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
and the rains fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. Kaboom. Mic drop. Goodbye. That's the end of the sermon, right? He ends with the house falling. Okay. So, so if you're with me and you walk along, this is the end. It's like, oh, there's something really important that goes on here. Jesus talks about the words that he's given. And I think it's important for us to understand as we look at doing them or not doing them, which is what we're going to look at, is what are they? What are these words? Did, did you see that? That was the first verse. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them, these words of mine, right? Well, okay, a couple things. First, in passing, notice that everyone's going to hear the words. There's two groups here. People that do his words and people that don't do his words, but they both hear the words. Question is, what are the words? Right, that, that's the thing. I want to point out as, as we begin that, that, that he doesn't mean every word he's ever said. He's giving a sermon. He started at the beginning with the Beatitudes. He's ending now with the rock. And these words, he means the Sermon on the Mount. And to our shame, us who have spent three months on the Sermon on the Mount, I wonder if you could even name all the Beatitudes for me. Could you know the Sermon on the Mount? Do you know these words? I'm not sure we do, but, 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 but we've got to catch what he means. What are the words of mine? It comes in super important to be able to say, well, what has his message been? What have the words been about? Right? So, so think with me. He did start with the Beatitudes, remember? I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase how we paraphrase. The good news of your moral bankruptcy. We started with that, right? You will love that you get the gift of heaven. The good news of your grievous loss, that's mourning, right? You will love that God himself comforts you. The good news of your having defended nothing, you're meek, because you're going to win. The good news of your starvation for rightness and goodness, you will be so full. The good news of forgiveness, you will swim in forgiveness. The good news of being true because you will see the truth. The good news being about peace because that's what God does. He is a peacemaker. The good news of being punched in the face because you won't stop being about Jesus. I see that, says Jesus. And he's standing right there. And so, and so he, he started off his message, this amazing word of blessing for anyone who actually has a heart towards God at all or wants to see who God actually is. Remember that? And then, and then he went right into the salt and light. Are you salt and light? Were they salt and light? Were they doing okay? And really, it's based on the law, right? Like, I didn't come to kind of lower the law, make it a little bit lower. He said, I, I, I came to fill every jot and every tittle, and it's not passing away. It's for, it's for me. Perfection. And unless you missed what that means, he went into those six. Well, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Remember? You've heard it said that murder was bad. Everybody knows this one. But I'm telling you, even if you get angry, you've murdered someone in your heart. You think adultery is bad, but if you even lust a little, and what he does is he raises that law up and up and up. 
Why, why even think about divorce? Don't presume to have any power. Don't fight for personal justice. Love not just your friend, but your enemy. You know, you've lowered this, this law, and it's not low. It's super high. Never, ever, ever do anything for your own reputation to be seen by others. No hypocrisy ever. There's no salvation by reputation. There's no salvation by comparison. All of this is not a new ethic. It's the proper interpretation of the old ethic. Higher and higher and higher. And here's the summary. You must be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. This is the Sermon on the Mount. So what's the spotlight on? Your failure. I'm kind of uncomfortable with that. But it's true. Even in the golden fail that we looked at. In the midst of this, in your shocking hypocrisy, the prayer. Remember the prayer? Simple dependence on a God who's amazingly for you. Do, do what you're already doing, all-powerful God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Of course it will. And, and would you, I'm going to trust you for it, my daily bread, forgiveness for my sin, all oh, that you would lead me and protect me. That's it. When I pray, I, I pray like this. There's no anxiety to be had, and he goes into anxiety. There, there's no judging necessary at all. He goes into judging. God just delights to give to nobodies. And this way, this personal inability, but a God who loves me anyway, pushes me towards the narrow gate, a fruitful tree, and now this base. These are the words. Did you... Do you hear it? Do you do it? That's what Jesus says, but you've got to identify what the words actually are. Proclaim to you, there's two main words that you hear through this and that come over and over that I'll summarize and boil down even smaller. One is a word of law that, that is so high you cannot do it, it crushes you. And we've talked about this over and over with a variety of metaphors. Is it a car compactor? Is it the Star Wars garbage thing? Is it just a wall you slam into? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, it takes you down. It does not lift you up. The problem is you. And as you're crushed, then there's gospel all around. There's good news of God actually loving the bankrupt, of, of, of caring for the lost, of being for the little. In every way, it's good news. We just rejoice in it. And this message goes out to everyone, <laughs> to the people who do it and the people who don't. Both groups this morning hear the word proclaimed. The issue is whether you do the word. So let's come back to that. Are you doing these words? Right? That, that's kind of the message. That's, that's at least the solid rock. What is it again? Everyone who hears these words of mine, the sermon, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. That is beautiful. 
Honestly, if there's something someone knows about the Sermon on the Mount, it's this passage. Build on the rock, man. Those who do abandon their self-righteousness and receive the good news of God for them, look, wonderful things. This is building on the rock. Doing is receiving the gospel, right? Abandoning yourself, receiving the good news, and look at the effect, because the solid ground is this ground of God for you. Not you for God. Forgiveness, not improvement. Redemption, not reformation. Acquittal, not attainment. You say it a bunch of ways, right? But the thing is, what we focus on a lot of times is is essentially, if I was going to summarize, say, what are you building with? Are you using good lumber? Are you using good technique? Are you you using jewels and good things? Are you using mud? And, And Jesus doesn't care at all, does he? It so misses the point. The point is, what are you building on? Everybody's building. And this, so this is living in light of what? Again, what are the words? A condemning law and a real gospel. That, that's, that's been the message. Personal spiritual bankruptcy and full and free forgiveness. Those two things. His name is Jesus. Doing is simply receiving this. It's not a certain kind of building. Building is what people are already doing. So everyone in every way is living. You're living your life in in the realities that you see. And Jesus is like, here, I'm presenting to you the reality. And he is God speaking to you. That's what Jesus refers to as building. There's only two groups. They both have similar activities of building. It's just living. But one's doing it out of these words of Jesus, which proclaim that you fail, but he loves you and forgives you, forgives you, and you speak that language. You take that in. You reflect on that. You dwell in that. Your hope is in that. This is doing. And, and, and see what I haven't said is doing? Jesus isn't saying, accomplish this new ethic. Like, if you do, that gets you solid. No, the the solidness is the rock itself. You know what the rock is, right? It's not you. It's it's Jesus. It, It makes sense, right? The rock is Christ. Him for you, not you for you. This is all over Scripture. Who's the rock? Well, the rock Moses hit, and that rock was Christ. I'm the capstone. I'm the cornerstone. I'm the rock. He's in your face. Him for you, not you for you. And if you would see your own inability to abandon your hope in you, you receive forgiveness, and you live in law that accuses, but gospel that frees. It's not law that improves and gospel that pushes you back to self-righteousness. So, finally for this, I just want to say, do you see it? The winds blow. The rain fell. The floods came. You're like, wait a second. This is describing the, 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 the actual awesome Christian life. The, the house that stands, the, 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 the life that's worth it. The, and, and he's saying, wait a minute, I, I, got, I got rain and, and, and floods and, and, and storms? 
Jesus, I pray every day that you wouldn't have me have any of those in my life. You see how wrong that is? Everybody gets them. I don't care who you are. You've got stuff going on, right, that you don't like, that things come that want to tear you down. And I feel like, Jesus, you got the wrong group. These are the ones who are yours. You know, they shouldn't get floods or rain or wind, but you do. It's always interesting to me that we pray for no wind and no rain and no floods. And these are much a part of life as the building. We're not promised release from problems, from events that challenge, from difficult seasons. We aren't put in a bubble, but we stand. (laughs) How do we stand? Because of our great building prowess? No, because, because of our excellent materials. No. Because you're on the rock. What's the rock? These words. What are the words? It's not you. You fail, but you got Jesus. He forgives. Long gospel. That's it. It's, it's paradoxical. And you say, well, that's so, so simple. I, I, I get it already. Why did Jesus need it? Yeah, he gave it 15 minutes. He just condensed and gave you the whole thing that the law has, has held for, for thousands of years. My problem is I don't really understand it. So even he finishes with the great fall. Yeah, this is our work, but what I want you to see is the great fall. Right, because then he says he doesn't end there. He could have just ended there, and he doesn't. He actually ends the other side of this. Everyone who hears these words of mine and doesn't do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell. The floods came. The winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell. It doesn't just stop there. And great was the fall of it. Now, those are interesting final words. So first, what does it mean to hear and not do? Man, so often... When I was growing up, I heard this all the time. It was essentially a moral quest. Because we hear, but don't understand, and then we don't do. So instead of understanding, we kind of remember some phrases, and we stick them in our sort of our continued old worldview. What do I mean? I mean something like this. We say something like, well, Jesus said, don't get angry. I'm working on it. Did Jesus say, don't get angry in the Sermon on the Mount? Yes, he did. Do you know anger is like murder? You know, there's a context to that. Or we say, think, oh, he said, don't lust, that's bad. He said, love your enemies. He said, don't be anxious. So that's the word proclaimed. I'll work on that, thanks, Jesus. No, no, that's not the word proclaimed. Those are phrases taken out of context. Let me give you an example of the problem. He said something like this. This is not Jesus talking. This is Dax writing a little paragraph. You can't do all this. Working hard's good, but it doesn't get you where you think it does. My standards are high, higher than you understand. Trust me. Don't impress me. I said something like that. So oh, that's really kind, Dax. But what you actually are doing goes more like this. These are the same words, just taken a little bit at a time. You do all this. Working hard is good. My standards are high. Impress me. What? 
They'll be like, you're so dumb, but that's not what I said. I, you know, the whole thing is aimed this way, but we take little pieces and we put them together and we actually take them so they don't mean. Sometimes it actually means the opposite. What are we doing? You'd think I was crazy if I did this, and that's what we do. Jesus says, be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect, and everyone should be on their knees crying out for their inability. But no, we think, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll work on not being angry, and I'll, I'll throw away the computer. Like, doable. It is the definition to me of insane. Why insane? Because that's the thing that means when you do the same thing over and over with the same results. So if you reject the height of the law, you continue to think you'll attain it somehow, some way yourself, maybe with some help from God, and then you'll reject forgiveness for yourself, right? You'll forget forgiveness for everything. God can help me with the parts that I fail, but my goodness, you know, that I don't need, I don't need forgiveness for that. I'm justified here. I'm doing good. Better than those guys. You will not throw yourself on the mercy of God. You will hear and not do. Right? That's the opposite of living out of the rock who is Christ. The foolish man building, perhaps building well, perhaps using good materials, perhaps lots of good labor, perhaps all kinds of amazing technique. And I occasionally watch, the, they come up on reels on my Facebook, you know, they're, they're builders building amazing things. And I'm always like, wow, how they even think about doing that? How they use the rule and the cuts and the, I, oh, there's some amazing technique. And I think, wow, God's got to really value people who are very skilled at building Yeah, that's not what Jesus says. It is entirely about the foundation. Right, because they're on sand. It's utterly worthless because when the winds come and the rains come and the floods come and it beats on the house, it falls. And great will be the fall of it, Jesus says. Great because it is high and mighty looking. (laughs) Looks like a cathedral, looks like a tower. It's built wondrous and great, but it's not on the rock. If you're not on the rock... What bears the force of the wind and the rain and the flood? What bears the force of that? It's the rock. So they don't know. They don't understand. Perhaps you don't know. Perhaps you don't understand. It only matters if you've been crushed by the law and received the forgiveness of Christ himself. And after that, simply live because everybody's building. Building happens, fruit happens, works happen, uh, because all of us do all the time. Your heart beats, your lungs expands. That's a movement of your muscles. You know what the the, the scientific definition of that movement is? It's called work. We do it. And Jesus says a critical piece is not how you build, not what you build, but where you build. Whether you receive and do these words, this sermon, this lesson of a God who delights to radically bless the bankrupt. Well, that's not really, that's you. (sighs) Who is full of mercy and peace and forgiveness and rightness, that's my God. Who sees that you're not 
You are not who you should be. And, and yet at the same time, it is, is opening your eyes to it so you can cry out for mercy and, and it's available to you in the rock who is Jesus Christ for you. And he does what he wants with us. He is stronger and deeper and mightier than you will ever know. And he is the one who gives you life. Yeah. Yeah, first put first Peter. You've been born again, right? Not a perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. The living and abiding word of God, the words of Jesus, who is Jesus. And he doesn't birth you again to this mortal thing. He says, no, I'm taking dead people and making them alive. Who does that? Jesus does. My hope is today that you will have the encouragement that comes from being on the rock. There's such an amazing joy and peace in actually relaxing into this from the words of Jesus. I do not shy away from warning you, you can hear and not do. You can. Jesus does that. He says it hard. He finishes his sermon on it. It's just not what you think, right? It's almost upside down because perhaps today you hear and don't do. You say, you know, you know I, I, I know I'm forgiven, Dex. But you claw and fight to make sure nobody knows your sin. Make sure your reputation is intact and people think you're good. You hypocrite. So, well, Dax, you are too. I am. If I call you a hypocrite, I'm not saying I'm not a hypocrite. On my point, how many fingers are pointing back at me? Well, three or four, depending on how flexible my fingers are. What's the reality? We're sinners. And when you are entering into protecting your reputation, aren't, aren't, aren't you? Aren't you going against the words? Yeah, you are. What's your hope? Well, I'll get right on that. I won't do that anymore. No! That's why this is upside down, right? It's not that you say, okay, I'm going to do the right thing, and therefore, the, therefore I'm pleasing to God. It's no, you're accepting the words of Jesus, and this is the doing, that you aren't. And then his gospel is that he forgives you. You're receiving all of it. The not doing isn't that you fail at the commands that you can find in the Sermon on the Mount. You know, like you hear, don't judge, but you still judge. Or like you hear, don't get angry, but you still struggle with the guy who cuts you off on the freeway. Or you hear, don't lust, but oh man, last week I fell again. Or you hear, love your enemies, but you hate the person who, who wounded your child. Or you, or, you, or you hear, don't store up treasure as you love your money and your power and your wealth. No, all of those, you do! And if, and if the requirement of Jesus say, oh, hear and do, is that you don't do the law appropriately. If you don't appropriately do the law, you're getting rejected. You're all rejected. There isn't anybody going to heaven in this room. That's not the do. The do is that it crushes you. That instead of you standing up and saying, yeah, I've lived my life without anger. You have not. You stand up and say, 
I get angry. And that crushes me. Because that is not God's way. And I need and receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ for me. Because his mercy, his blood, his incredible life is for me. And I'm standing on the rock. That's the only hope we have, you guys. To do his words is to come to the end of yourself. I am heartbroken that I still do these things. I have no hope in myself. I've got to die. And Jesus says exactly, your actual hope isn't in you, it's in me. I provide, I provide every single day for you. I forgive you, I protect you, I lead you, I use you. Will you trust my words? They say no to you and yes to me. And, and, and this is Hebrews, right? Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. Our faith? Our hope. Our hope is what? He who promises faithful. You don't do this, you're building on nothing. You can build great. You can build a way better life than many other people. And it'll fall. And great will be the fall of it. So, so come today with me. Confess in your own heart. I, I am the condemned one. The sin is mine. The failure is mine. The law of God is beautiful and high. And I am the failure. I'm not my neighbor. Me. <laughs> And receive the incredible forgiveness of this Savior who actually shed his blood for your rescue, your redemption, your forgiveness, your deliverance, your salvation. Forever. Who takes your life and uses it because it's on the rock by simple confession of his name. By trusting that he has done it, it is finished. That's the community that we have. This is why we're here. The ones who remind and remember this is our rock. We do it in communion. We do it in baptism. We do it with this word. We proclaim the gospel is true. No sin is too great not to receive absolution from Christ. No failure too high. We have all fallen. Oh, but the great fall of not being on the rock. Would you today touch the ground you stand on? I'd almost have you stand up and touch the floor. But do it in your mind that you stand on the rock. It is his forgiveness of you. And when you are tempted, and we are all of us, to turn to ourselves and to evaluate our building materials and our skill and our ability, would you stop and come back here to the Sermon on the Mount. There's no greater sermon than the sermon we've received here, not from me, but the 15 minutes that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, spoke clearly to the people of what the law does to you and what your hope actually is. The Son of God dwelt among us, and he loves us. And he became us. A human being that he might rescue us from what we could not escape from. And therefore you and I are part of the most amazing story ever told. And it's true. Do these words. Trust the Lord. The one God sent. For you. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. He will get us through. That's the Sermon on the Mount. 
So that's the 12 weeks we've spent, is summarizing and standing here and saying, now we're building on the rock, you guys. If that's not you this morning, how I pray you would come talk to me or any of our elders about what it actually means to do the words of Jesus, which is to receive forgiveness for your sin, to not find any hope in you, to let the law actually crush you because it condemns you all the time, and not find hope in yourself. Hey, we do sit in an age before we finally end where we're, 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 if we have that, and we do, we're still beset all the time with wisdom from the world. How then should we live? What's going on with life and wisdom? And we're going to tackle that in the next weeks to come. We're going to go to the Old Testament into Ecclesiastes, written by the wisest man who ever lived in the world, and talk about what it means in this culture now where people are talking about wisdom all the time. Where do we find our wisdom? Would you bow with me? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this word. This amazing, incredible teaching that you gave to us. And Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the word. The one who came for us. The one who has done so much more than we could ever ask or think. Lord, we thank you that you provide a way for us out of ourselves. And Lord, I pray for these gathered here as our heads are bowed and we're before you. Lord, we humble ourselves. We have no hope. We have no righteousness of our own. Only what you give us. And we confess that today. Help us to live on that, Lord. Your amazing gift for us. In your precious name. Amen.